Welcome to Out of Home Insider, the first podcast for media and marketing executives that connects how offline attention creates online conversion. My name is Tim Rowe, and for the past three years, I've been interviewing industry experts about their unique experience in bridging this misunderstood and undervalued opportunity that exists to build long-lasting brands that scale profitably. Today's guest is Stu Redwine. Stu is the Vice President of Creative Services at Oxford Road, a performance audio agency that has helped build brands you've definitely heard advertising on audio. Brands like Tommy John Underwear, Blinds.com, and Bull and Branch Bedsheets, the sheets that three presidents have slept on. See, you didn't realize audio was so powerful. In today's episode, Stu and I discuss the one-two punch of creating authority and intimacy in advertising, exploring how the power of out-of-home when combined with audio, creates a level of engagement that is like candy for your brain. Stu shares how, by pursuing his passion, he found purpose and gives us a masterclass on the true meaning of direct response marketing. So if you're a brand builder or consult brands and seeking to understand the connection between offline attention in the form of out-of-home and audio and their connection to online conversion, then this is the episode for you. Without further ado, let's go. Welcome, everybody, to the Out of Home Insider Show, a podcast like no other, hosted by the one and only Tim Rowe. Get ready to have some knowledge dropped on you and to be entertained because nothing's more valuable than food for your brain. So sit back, relax, we're about to dive in as the best industry podcast is about to begin. Stu, it's been so exciting getting to know you over the last few weeks. And this is going to be a brand new conversation for this audience. We're going to talk about the relationship between audio and out of home. Stu, thanks so much for being here. You're welcome. I'm I'm stoked, man. Thanks for having me on. It's going to be a fun one. I think a good place to start, uh, as we do with with most all guests, is is your origin story. How did you get into advertising? Yes, absolutely. I you know I. Uh... What I'll, I'll start answering that with uh, with a story from the there's a General Grant Museum that is just outside of St. Louis. Okay. Okay. And like most national parks, like museums like these, the the guides have this uh, log line, this thing that they say that kind of grounds everything. So if you're at Gettysburg, it's it's the center of the wheel. Gettysburg is the center of the wheel. And mm. You know these spokes that come in. So for the General Grant Museum, it's Life is what happens to you when you're making other plans. Okay. Oh, that's good. Okay. So, wow. But here's the thing. If you really, and this is what happened to me when I was there. If you zoom in and you listen to the General Grant story, it's like, well, he joined the military kind of because like, whatever, right? What, am I, what else am I going to do? And then mm-hmm. he gets out and then he goes and works for his father-in-law and is a tanner and like, whatever. And then he just so happens to be alive when the civil war breaks out and just so happens to have been in the military to get called back up. And it just so happens to have revealed that he's this master tactician and then Forrest Gump moment, Forrest Gump moment, Forrest Gump moment, president of the United States. Okay. <laughs> that so, easy. so, so I, to me, when I heard life is what happens to you when you're making other plans, I translated it to you as life is what happens to you when you're not making any plans. And that's what I connect. I'm like, you know what? I I don't think at this point I'm going to end up being president of the United States, but that is the trajectory that's gotten me into advertising or kept me into advertising is, look, I always liked making things and being creative and doing little radio dramas um, in my bedroom. I remember when I was a kid and doing all these different voices and doing theater. So always leaning towards the arts, creative sides of things. 
then I went to school and I was doing theater and doing some video stuff and, but none of it was with this like direct, you know, like I'm going to do this. Ended up moving back home. I was in Los Angeles, moving back home where I'm from in Kansas city. And it was like the work that I ended up getting was working on sets, moving around lights and stands because the everything's combined back in the Midwest. Mostly it's not divided like grips and electric. So I'm doing that work. And I just so happened to be on direct response television sets. Oh, crazy. Yes. So I look back on that. I'm like, that's interesting. And then I kept kind of kept kind of doing that. And then one day I look around and I go, these guys that are twice my age are still uh, moving the heavy objects that I'm moving. I'm like, that means in 20 mm. years, I'm going to still have to be lifting sandbags and big cables. I'm like, what, what's that guy doing? He's at a keyboard. That guy's not, he doesn't seem to have to be lifting anything. I'm like, oh, that's agency. What's an agency. Ooh. And that started that motion. And then I came back out to Los Angeles. I'm freelancing. Some good things happened. It was great doing my own thing. And, freelancing for Oxford Road, which is where I'm vice president of creative services, where we do performance audio. So in direct response, right? Like I started out little did I know at the time. And seven years ago, I'd been doing uh, freelance work with them. And uh, I made the decision to join the team uh, full time. That's made all the difference. And so when I look back, it's like, oh, you were headed towards this. You just didn't know it. So advertising is what happens to you when you're not making any plans. Mm. That's, my short, that's my short answer. Well, damn, we could just, I mean, we could just end the episode there and that's a hot take and we could all go apply it. I, I want to <laughs> double click into two things there. One quickly. And then, and then the other, um, a little bit deeper, you said you use the words direct response TV set. Yeah. It's 2022. Um, I talked to marketers who refer to direct response as their Google paid ads. And I have a fundamental conflict with that. Can you please, just for anyone that doesn't know what direct response TV set is, can you just tell yeah, us what yeah. that means? Sure, sure. I mean, if you go back in time, somebody you can look up is Ron Popeil, um, is sure. a great one, is uh, is a master of this space that in the 1980s and, and as television and advertising developed, um, what became a direct response advertisement is a television advertisement, either short form or long form, where the message is making a direct appeal for you to buy now. So the kinds of products that I was working on 20 years ago, um, I have a baseball hat with a flashlight in it. And if you call oh, right sure. now, we'll yeah, double so the that, order and free ship. Yeah, you'll get two, one for me and one for you. Sweet. You can get two of those, you know, we or, could, or we coins. Need since we've got the same hat and the same headphones, what we need is a headlamp, really. Yeah, we just need the, the little clicker. And we can do uh, this at night. So that's well, I mean, funny, some funny side note is, you know, because I was on the lighting crew is like we're shooting a scene. I remember that under a sink because we'd always shoot in like real home. A lot of times we shoot in real homes, like model homes and the actors got it and it's clicking it and they're like, yeah, it's not quite bright enough. Stu, get in there with your flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right off. Is this is this false. Out? I don't know. I, I, I'll be right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's, Years that's ago, a, it's a direct, it's a direct advertisement on television. Perfect. Infomercials. That's, that's the way that's the, that's a good level set on what a direct response TV set is. Yeah. Um, so performance audio though, that's something that I think we could probably surmise what that means, but what does that mean? What is performance audio as a marketing channel? What does that mean? 
Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's where that led me to. Uh, performance audio is advertising that as a business function is looking to get the same kind of thing, a direct response, getting people to take immediate action or action within an attributable window. Um, I think when I think of it, it's uh, if we are calling them to take action by a specific time, right? So it's somehow tied to an offer. It's somehow tied to a certain date. But in general, it's performance audio is I am going to invest a certain amount of dollars so that we can see directly that it drove a specific amount of traffic and a, certain, a specific amount of business. And we saw a return on that investment. And that's performance audio is not a any kind of soft metrics. It's a very direct metric of did this make did this audio advertisement make the cash register ring? Dollar in. $3 out. There's so. no room for obscurity. Did it work? Did it drive sales? Did it make the cash register ring? Like I said, we're talking about like radio ads that so we're talking about audio spoken word, sometimes a jingle, like it's just words, right? It's air. We're talking. That's what we're talking about. Yes. It's like in city slickers when he said, uh, we sell air. We sell air. That's that's yeah, that's it. It is. It is air. It is. Yeah. We're talking about audio. So, um, at Oxford Road, it's streaming, smart speaker, radio, podcast. There's a couple of things that um, primarily function in audio. And one is a host read ad, a host delivering an advertisement. And those, uh, the ones that people respond to, and I think us as listeners of the of the craft, of the art form, of the spoken word that we that we like and enjoy are intimate and authentic, right? So it's when the host is intimate and authentic. That's one type. It's some sort of live read by the host or maybe a pre-record by the host where you hear their personality coming through. The other type is going to be any kind of produced spot where, yeah, maybe it has a jingle. Maybe it has a, a slice of life or a dramatized scene um, or it has uh, quotes from customers, customer testimonials. And we look you know, for those you're trying to cut through and break through. So it needs to be engaging and even entertaining to a degree so mm. that people will pay attention to it and have a positive emotional response to it. But at the end of the day, either one of those, whether you're trying to be entertaining and engaging with a produced spot or whether you're trying to be intimate and authentic with a live read, when we're talking performance audio, we've got to see that it drives those sales. And there's a clear difference between the two. It sounds like the the live read, the host. And, and when we first connected, Stu, you had such a great line. I wish I could have bottled it in that moment. There, there's a reason for that. And I think the word you used was the intimacy, the intimacy, the connection between the listener and the host, the person reading it. And right, we're doing this right now. We are in somebody, you're in my ears and mm -hmm. I'm in your ears, and we're in somebody else's ears, but why is that so powerful, just psychologically? Why is that so effective? Well, so, I, I mean, so visually, um, things it's passive. We can look at something, and we react to it, but we can look at a thing, and it is what it is, and our brain sees it and goes through a fear center, and we process it, and friend or foe, and then we can make a decision in our prefrontal cortex. Great. Uh, audio is different. It comes into our brain. And we actually have to form, we have to form it. We have to mm -hmm. either one, mm -hmm. ignore it. We're just going to ignore it or we turn it into a concept in the theater of the mind. We turn it into something visual. So I think it is very, um, when I think of audio, 
it's very intimate because there's this transaction that's going on in your own mind. A visual medium, you're looking at it and it's it's got to either get you or you're going to disregard it. With audio, once it's gone in, you're starting to, there's a two-way street that's going on there. And audio, I think from the beginning of broadcasting has always been intentional and intimate, right? You're intentionally listening to this person. Mm-hmm. And if you're intention, I should say it this way. If you're intentionally listening, it is going to be intimate. It has to be. It has if you're to not, be. It has to be because of the mechanics of what's going on in your head. If you're not intentionally listening, um, I'm not going to make the case that it's somehow more intimate than anything else. Perhaps it is. But I think that if you're tuned in, you're listening to that host that you like. Um, I think like you were telling me, didn't you actually, you ran into people that listen to your show? Oh, yeah. that Well, that was such a trip because I do this from... You know, I live in a little townhouse in Northwest New Jersey. I'm not in a big city, you know, I'm not on Madison Avenue. Um, and I've been doing this actually coming up on on three years. This episode will probably be out right around the three-year anniversary. And for the most part, it's been COVID. And I, you know, again, live in rural Northwest New Jersey. So um, haven't met as many folks from the industry as I would have liked to uh, by this point. It was at an industry conference and it was, it was, it was admittedly, it was a little bit overwhelming at first because it was like, whoa, there's people that listen to this. Like I could see the metrics. I can see the download numbers, right, but right, right. to connect with the stranger who I've never met before. And like, we, we have a pre-existing relationship to a degree. Right. And then I have an inherent responsibility to, to, to nurture that. It's a very interesting um, experience for sure. Not something that, that I was personally prepared for. And when you described it, it was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly exactly what happened that's exactly what happened yeah it's it's i mean you're in their ear you know and i think that in in audio it's not as performative or whatever you know with a, an actor or whatever i mean it's it's them but it's not them i think in audio you're you're right there talking to them and they feel like they know tim and i think actually they do yeah and, and you know fake I, and and even just sometimes when I'm when I'm talking to guests, and we had this conversation. Now we've 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 grown to to become friends. I, I would say over the last few weeks, but the Absolutely. first conversation is really just so important. Of is this going to be a good vibe? Because the, the the environment that I've really taken a lot of care to create for the audience is kind of like, hey, I just bellied up to the bar, and I'm eavesdropping on an interesting conversation that's happening right next to me, and that's yeah. it. Like it's it it takes. Thank you. It takes a very particular guest to be comfortable with that, just kind of not knowing exactly where the conversation is going to go. But hey, we're going to have a conversation about this, and it's a little bit of a tightrope walk without the uh, without the safety safety line. So um, it's it's really a, it is a powerful channel, and I, I hear a lot of feedback too from guests that they hear from people interested in doing business with them from the podcast which is now I'm like two and three degrees removed where people are reaching out. People I don't know who've mm-hmm. listened to the episode are reaching out directly to the guest to say, Hey, I'd like to do business with you based on this conversation that I heard you have. And it's just incredibly powerful. It is. It's, and it continues to grow. And I think, you know, as we've grown, you know, at first, like even getting the outreach on this episode, it's like, well, out of home, like how much I'm like, I don't know. You know, I mean, in general, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, advertising and messaging and all that always, you know, I I could talk about it ad nauseum and and learn about it ad, ad nauseum. But the truth is, is we've continued to grow 
and uh, and our clients have grown and we've, we've had the opportunity to advertise products and services we believe in and would use ourselves, um, like a few of them are Shopify, um, Indeed, Tommy John Underwear, uh, Blinds.com, NetSuite by Oracle, sure. and one um, one that's near and dear to my heart, and I I I like um, in the audio space is Moinkbox.com. Moinkbox, and, love a Moinkbox. Yes, Box. yeah, and the founder over there, Lucinda, she's she's incredible, and she that's one I'll often mention to people as Moinkbox if they listen to. I'm like, do you listen to SiriusXM? And if they answer yes, then I go Oink Oink. I'm just so happy I got Moinked. <laughs> And so she's got her little, you know, that that mnemonic there, um, you know, tagline at works. Um, but as we've continued to grow and um, grow with our clients, getting m- moving from just being going, hey, here, we're the performance audio piece of the, the pie to looking at the entire comm system and then mm-hmm. looking at how that interacts with, for instance, a couple campaigns um, and one very recent, how it interacts with out of home has been a growing piece of our business and it makes sense you know um if you go back in 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 history not even in history with audio it's like the commute out of home and audio have been bedfellows forever right ever. okay yes forever so um uh you can think of uh out, out here in los angeles just you'll hear advertisements um for different, uh, you know, different advertisers on the radio, and then you're going to see the billboard right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always been kind of at play. And now, as people are walking around with their mobile radio uh, in their pocket and they're streaming stuff and they're in their commute, you know, we just did a campaign where we did a huge, we did a bunch of advertisements, out of home advertisements um, in a public transit space where there's a bunch of uh, opportunities to see these. And at the same time, where we've got our audio campaign that's going, and and we've had a positive result from that. We've seen from uh, the surveying that we did that uh, that had a positive impact on a few different metrics, um, and the campaign uh, itself has also been a success so far. Um, but we were able to, you know, isolate and look at uh, different aspects of the campaign, and you know, brand lift and consideration. Uh, where we did see those things improve by combining the out of home with the audio. And and, and it's so important. I, I think uh, you just, you said it, I'm going to come back and snip it out. Combining the out of home with the word is with, 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 whether you're selling billboards locally in a market where you're competing against a radio station or working with a national brand on a national buy, and there's maybe audio dollars in consider you're not competing against those dollars, really the best case scenario for the advertiser is finding that the smartest way to combine these channels and, and create the most impact through the with strategy. Yeah. And I mean, they're inherently, it's, there's such an opportunity there for combination. Um, but I've also seen it done poorly, you know, and I mean, that's the thing is we're, we're Talk always looking that. Yeah, we're always looking for ways to improve, but there was another campaign I was thinking of and I looked at, you know, in preparation for the show and just, um, you know, we're involved on the audio side of it. And it's like, you know, teamwork makes a dream work. Like there's always going to be cross-functional teams and things like that. But when I was, when I looked back now with some objectivity on this other campaign, the artwork was like in these kiosk things, like, you know, at a mall, like the map. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, like, like a, a digital kind of thing. Yeah, digital yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. 
And I'm just thinking of going to the mall with my own kids, which is, you know, dangerous focus group of myself. <laughs> but nevertheless, those things are invisible to me. Right. I mean. Oh, sure. It's in, it's actually just in the way for me to like walk on. Well, it's, it's a like, map or whatever. Like in my head, it's like, well, whatever. Um, and that's where the just art gets lost. It get to, so on this campaign, when I look at it and it going, yeah, that one didn't work. I'm thinking of one that did work and one that didn't work. I like the simplest take on it when I'm looking at out of home is like, well, looks like size matters. Size like, matters. Yeah. Like the one was basically almost a takeover mm-hmm. of a like a public transit kind of space. Right. Um, and the other one, not quite a takeover, but a lot of a, a, a lot of space. And the other one's kind of like, hey, let's put this into an architectural element that already kind of disappears. Did it work? You know, and it's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. right. And then unfortunately, what happens is then the broad stroke statement of out of home didn't work for me happens. And then we never get an opportunity again. When reality, it was just that, right? Like maybe the context was wrong, right? Thinking about the, the, hey. Subway people are standing around. I'm captive. They can't go anywhere. They have to look unless they're going to stand there with their eyes closed. They got to look at something, their phone, look around like a stranger, right? They've got to do that because they're trying to get to where well, and they probably going. have they're these attentive, on. Probably have, you know, I pulled up a, a statistic earlier 35, it depends on the, on the, on the commuting method. It was between 35 and 65% of commuters, and this shouldn't surprise anyone, 35 to 65%, depending on the method of transportation, are listening to podcasts or some sort of audio. Yeah, sure. Great. So it's like, we are natural bedfellows. We should be doing more of this. We should be doing more of this. Yeah. So I I think what's really interesting about the the, the couple of things there, and maybe we can kind of go into the the measurement piece of this, which is performance audio. I've got the direct response element, which is I'm trying to sell more stuff in a given time window. Yep. And also the long-term brand impact, right? All the companies you just listed off, like Tommy John, that is a brand I know exclusively from audio. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I've ever, I don't follow them on social. I don't own their product. I know it's great product. There are lots of folks who love them, but I know that brand because of podcast advertising. And so it's I not just sales, it's brand affinity too. It it absolutely is. And in fact, I I don't I I'm not one that even likes setting up, you know, like you know, big aha, right? As a particle's a wave, a wave is a particle. There are no <laughs> waves and particles, they're sure. they're the same thing. So even breaking it down, and we have to break things down into pieces and you know, have teams and these different things, but it's like to me, all advertising is. Les Binet uh, is fantastic, and 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 he talks about how it's Pavlovian. It's training. Mm-hmm. So do, whether or not I need you to do something right now is kind of like okay, that's interesting. Let's just like put that right here. But for instance, for years we were uh, we had the privilege of working with Bull and Branch Sheets, and and sure. got the opportunity to help grow them in audio. Same kind of thing. They're one of these advertisers that saw there's such tremendous opportunity in audio. Slept on by three former presidents. Okay, right? boom, that's, you did it. That's the, you already did it. You just did it. Audio. That's the thing. Well, yeah, the that, 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 that is 
that 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 is a piece of the branding and the affinity. You have mental availability already for United States presidents. I have mm. a, a mm. most likely wow. most likely your mental availability for presidents already takes up space and it's going to be blue chip, right? Sure. It, well, anything a president would use, you know, hopefully if you if it's not down, you know, down deep in the basement with a lot of the the bipartisan stuff that goes on where it's like, you know, this president's a monster, that president's sure. a monster, like taking a step back from that just to go to the U.S. presidency. What kind of sheets do they have? Oh, they have Bolin branch sheets. Oh, wow. And then the line that you just delivered for years, you know, it's been a couple of years, but for a long time with Bolin branch on um, Sirius XM. You could say Bowling Branch, and people would say it was great. They'd go, "That's the one that like six presidents sleep on." I'm like, I don't think there's six living presidents. <laughs> like I, don't, you know, or whatever it was. You so know, good. that's the one that that's the one that all the presidents sleep on. <laughs> that's and you're like the official oh, okay. sheet of the White House. Yeah. So my point is making your point. Um, yeah, that's branding, right? That's the training. That's the Pavlovian piece of it. Making that positive association, taking up some mental availability. Um, and then whether or not we need to call them to action is it's, it's almost like when you do performance marketing, well, the branding comes free. Mm -hmm. I'm looking over at all of my Dan Kennedy books, like (laughs) stack over here. I was uh, pulling them out yesterday, but (laughs) it, 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 it works. You know, I'm the out of home guy rattling off audio ads and brands that I, you know, know, and I haven't commuted anywhere in three years. So it's, it's clearly effective. How do you prove that to brands that it's working? I'm guessing there's a, there's a compound effect to this, right? Where as time goes on and I do more of it, response rates going to go up and things, but how are you bringing all of that together and showing the brand? Okay. You spent this many dollars. Here's the impact from your campaign. Yes. Yes. The uh, age old, Attributed to Wanamaker quote, uh, I know half of my ads are working. I just don't know which half. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm uh, holding you 100% responsible for 100% of everything I bought from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we um, like age old in audio is this idea of a post-purchase survey. Okay. Um, what is so that? You, like I bought, I bought the thing. I heard the ad. I bought the thing. And then you, you bought the thing. How did you hear about us? Okay. How did you hear about us? And then, you know, you... you it's changed forms or whatever, but let's just think online. It's a drop down. How did you hear about us? I heard you on radio. I heard you on television. And then do we go more detailed than that streaming and a show name? And, you know, we, there can be varying degrees of complexity there, but like, let's just keep it real simple. I heard it on radio, right? Okay, great. Well, shoot, actually, well, did they, or well, we're doing a streaming campaign and a podcast campaign and a radio campaign. So that can get tricky. So, well, what else can I look at? Google Analytics, our old friend Google Google Analytics for detailed consumer responses to vanity URLs. So we'll use a vanity URL. Okay, visit, visit, yeah, moinkbox.com. Yeah, moinkbox.com slash news. Got it. Okay, and so a couple things with that. If I'm asking somebody to do something special, uh, so, hey, Tim, there's this great new restaurant, all Mm -hmm. right? Now, let me tell you this. You got to go around to the back. There's a red door. Knock Mm -hmm. three times on the red Mm. door. The red door. Yeah. When they come to the door, say, and then they're going to like that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then they're going to let you in. But for all that trouble, what's going to happen is you're going to get some free napkins. 
I love me a good. free napkin. Listen, I live in Jersey. They took away plastic bags. So I'll take a free napkin. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind, of, kind of blew up in my face. That's funny. Sorry, sorry. Um, so we're round back. I just knocked on the red door. No, it's no. Like, what I'm saying is, I'm well, it needs to be, it needs to, you, you're going to get to match thing. the ask. You're going to get the same. Exactly. You need to make it worth their while. Yeah. Tim, go around to the back, knock on the red door, say kukawa, and you're going to get a free dessert. Right. Served by the chef and personally yeah and then it's like oh i'm gonna go to that trouble so Uh for sure with the vanity urls which with the post-purchase surveys we've done you know with hundreds of millions of dollars of performance data that at oxford road we're able to also apply multipliers to go we know that if we tell 10 people to go to this special go down this special road and we can see that two of them did Based on that campaign, based on our data, based on a lot of it depends, it depends, it depends, but good, mm-hmm. solid, it depends, then we can go, well, we're going to apply a multiple of three. Well, okay, that's nice. So I've got site performance. I've got post-purchase survey. We also are doing pixel-based attribution, right? So that's where we're using third parties like pod sites or art site, and we're seeing the individual consumer response and activity by show. None of it. It by itself is something that we can lean on completely. All of it is a combination of effects uh, to go, how many data points can I get to best connect what was the impact of this campaign? And there's the danger of right analysis paralysis, of course. But what we're talking about here is practical, helping me to refine the picture enough so that it, this is clear and I can I can confidently say this was the impact. This is what happened as a result of the campaign. Not so much that we like can't make any decisions ever again because there's just so much data, just enough that we can say, yeah, I think it's good to have multiple this. We yeah, it's good to have multiple, multiple, multiple. Sorry to jump in on you. No, 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 please, please. I'm so excited about measurement. And I had Um, like a I had a hiccup. There was like a blip there for a second there. Okay. Um, Well it's um yeah having multiple touch points and you know it's kind of funny i guess i don't know this is the human side of it right it's like you know when everything's working really great and you do a campaign and like <laughs> we initially see big bumps and stuff all of a sudden High you know, it's so, yeah it's so funny it's like no when it's it's tanking then we really want to get in and like like measure you know just how much we're bleeding to death and it's like uh <laughs> yeah. uh yeah. okay you know i mean so it's it's tough um but i think that uh you know, having multiple points of reference and then having the experience and the expertise in the space of knowing how to interpret that. And another really key piece, and I think it's with, you know, all marketing ever is, you know, what kind of message is it? Like, I don't know, you know, for out of, out of home, right. Is it upper funnel? Is it bottom funnel? Mm -hmm. What metric am I looking at? You know, what, so, so matching that to the opportunity, being realistic, trying to be realistic, you know, clients are people and people want to have their cake and eat it too. So how can we help talk it, you know, just setting ourselves up for success when it comes to the measurement component to go, are we measuring the right KPI? What are going to be our data sources to validate whether that has happened or hasn't happened um, at the very outset of the campaign uh, so that we can best set ourselves up for success to measure properly and another another big piece, and and the surveys can help with this as well. Is like, what's that baseline? What's the current baseline? Where are we at? And then, sure. okay, can we see the 
impact of this individual um, campaign. And sometimes when spins are so massive and the scale is so massive, you know, that's where even more sophisticated like modeling comes into play to be able to pull that impact out because the volume of that specific advertiser is just so tremendously high trying to find a, a bump in there is, is, is a fool's errand from the outset. Sure. It, flip that for me. I was, I was on the Oxford road site leading up to this and read a great piece from earlier this year about, how, about how there is too small of a budget to test with that there is a, when we're thinking about testing a new channel, thinking about testing appropriately absolutely, with enough volume so that you have enough of a sample size that your yeah. insights and learnings are statistically significant. hundred uh, percent determinations, um, you know, based off of that data, what, what's the most common mistake then that brands make when doing audio for the first time, what do they get wrong? When, when, when you work with a brand that says, Oh, we tried this before and it didn't work. What is it that went wrong typically? So from my, my point of view, there's a few. Okay. So my experience over the years here has been, and this real, real from the heart is like, look, when the product fit is good, mm -hmm. it's a good product. For audio, that, just, it's for, a good product. No, no. Have. For humans. Oh, for, for humans. humans, that's important it, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's when start it's with a the good basics. product. Yeah. When it's a good product for humans. Okay. And hum, humans want it. Right. Um, product market fit. No, seriously. Yeah. I mean, I just like, cause sometimes the jargony stuff, it's like, yeah. Okay. When it's, and the funnel at the site is well designed and works well, products really strong, funnels really strong. And they have the necessary budget, like you're saying, which is a tougher one to like early days. It's kind of like, hey, you want to spend, you know, like, well, how do you start a fish market? You got to steal two fish. It's like, come on, let's try this. <laughs> let's try this podcast stuff. When all those components come together and I uh, and then we use our so we have a messaging methodology that we have here, Audiolytics, and we implement that methodology, which is like a core response type message things seem to work really well and they've worked time and time again. But like you're saying, it's the size of the budget. Do you have your messaging really dialed in tight? Is the funnel well-designed, right? The site mechanics. Um, is it a product that people want? And it it's funny because it's like, it could be a good product, but we're like emphasizing the wrong value prop or whatever. Mm. We're not, like, so that's part of what I mean by that. But to answer your question, get back to your question from a messaging standpoint, the thing that I think people get most wrong, all those other things being equal, which they're usually not, I'm also having good measurement in place, um, is you don't make a message that think about it. Okay. I'm going to test in audio. I'm going to test for, well, how much budget do you have? Well, we've got this much, but you know, if it works, we'll spend more. Okay, great. <laughs> so you're going to test for six weeks. Smash or that like button. If you ever heard that before. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Six weeks, uh, 12 weeks, eight weeks, whatever. Let's say they're going to test for 10 weeks. Okay. And we're testing into performance audio. Okay, great. Um, now what are you guys thinking from a offer standpoint? Like, what what can we do to get them to, oh, we don't really want to, 
we don't want to do that because we're not this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. There's ways to be creative about it. I'm, I'm saying all this mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm taking too long to say it, to say this. If your test is only eight weeks in audio or 12 weeks or six weeks, and you don't give them a reason to take action before you turn into a pumpkin, <laughs> you're not honoring them and they can't honor you. Cause you, I'm going to turn this off. I, you will turn into a pumpkin at midnight, but they don't know that. So you're going to test into the channel. I think the biggest mistake is somehow by hook or by crook, a white paper. You know what? If at the end of the day, you're Jimmy John's and you say free smells. Sure. Whatever it I'd is. I remember that. I'll rem- I will remember that. Now that you said free smells, Jimmy John's, whenever I see a Jimmy John's, I'm going to think about this moment. Yeah, there's well, that's one of their moves. That's a sign when you walk into their place. It says free sure. smells. It's like yep. anybody could have said that. So think creatively, give them a compelling reason to come check you out, to come walk into your showroom between now and the stroke of midnight. Because we got to test is this thing on? Is this thing on? Mm-hmm. And that's for your initial test. So if you ask, like to me, the number one biggest mistake I've seen has been not doing everything you can to compel them to act within the window that you're going to be observing their behavior. I couldn't think of a better exclamation point exclamation. Sometimes words are tough, particularly on Friday afternoons. Don't know when this is going to be airing, but it's a Friday afternoon. And this has been an awesome conversation, Stu. I think it's probably the first of many that we could unpack the the relationship between audio and, and out of home and, and the, the effectiveness of the channels together. Give folks the Latin long. How do they connect with you? Where do they find more in Oxford Road? You've got a ton of content on there. It's personally been really educational and, and helpful. Um, give folks the, the, the download. Give them the skinny. How I, I will, I'll give them the skinny. I'm going to give them the skinny. Give them the skinny. If you go to OxfordRoad.com right now, you can sign up for our free newsletter. It's See, free. See, practice what you preach. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I'm a uh, Stu Redwine, uh, S T E W Redwine. It's like a thick soup, red and a drink. Red it just, wine. That's right. It's beautiful. That's right. Man. My whole life. To... It's like I, having a last name like this. It just everybody, it cheers everybody up. Just, uh, totally. just what are we name. drinking? Redwine. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Yeah, so OxfordRoad.com, sign up for the influencer. Lots of great information in there um, about making audio advertising work. Um, and Tim, it's been so fantastic. Thank you for having me on the show. Pleasure's all mine. If you found this to be helpful, please share it with somebody who could benefit. Make sure to subscribe and do all the things that help the podcast grow. Stu, I couldn't thank you enough for being such a wonderful guest and sharing all of your experience and the unique insight from Oxford Road and, and the, the world of audio. This has been an awesome conversation. Thank you. Quarter century, I finally came to my senses. I finally got my hand up on the tinted Benz kid. I see the world clear through my tinted lenses. With the dream and the drive, the possibilities endless. Now print that, send this all the way to Tokyo. Take a trip down south, down to Mexico. Next stop, Shanghai, the world-class trade show. First class all the way, because that's how we roll. Yeah, call us the rock star businessman. Rocking shows, we handle business, man. We got our own future in the palm.